This is Hidden Wonders, a podcast that discovers hidden stories, details, and effects in the architecture of our everyday spaces at UCLA. I am your host, Savannah Tate. Architecture and music have a fickle relationship. Every element, from the building's shape to the materials used, affects resonance. What's more, the influence of outside forces on the building can compromise the recording of that sound. So how do you create a silent recording studio in the middle of a bustling big city campus? Architect Kevin Daly has a few ideas. His firm, Kevin Daly Architects, designed the Evelyn and Moe Austin Music Center as an expansion of the Herb Alpert School of Music. The space opened about two years ago and includes a high-tech recording studio, cafe, and ensemble room where students can practice and perform their pieces. Last year, the center was honored at the Los Angeles Architectural Awards for its innovative design that caters to every aspect of the recording process. I spoke with Daly to better understand the science behind this award-winning center. I'm Kevin Daly. I have a practice here in Los Angeles, Kevin Daly Architects, and I'm on the faculty at UCLA's architecture school as well. He took me on a tour of the center, starting with the distinctive exterior of the building. He said that the mediating position of the School of Music between the Gothic architecture of Royce Hall and the more modern style of buildings like Franz Hall inspired its aesthetic. We really were kind of challenged by the campus you know, design people to find a vocabulary for the building that, that, that kind of matched both of those two things and that was compatible with both. To do this, he imitated the brick pattern of classic structures like Powell Library and Royce Hall. There's a very conspicuous brick pattern that's called the UCLA mix. It's made of three or four colors um, from very light tan to kind of a dark reddish. And we wanted to replicate that kind of range of tones by using a different kind of material, a, a terracotta tile that would be kind of compatible in, in scale and color and texture, but not really be a brick building. Daly said they arranged the tiles to tilt towards and away from the building a contrast from the typical flat facade of brick buildings. By doing that, that just kind of changes the way the sun hits the, the brick or the terracotta. And, um, and then we get the kind of range of three or four colors that we were trying to match in the original brick finish. From here, Daly walks into the music building and towards the recording studio. Jazz music plays softly down the hall. It's a strong contrast to the carefully crafted silence of the recording studio's interior. Daly said that the room had to withstand any vibration from the outside world in order to maintain this silence. And that starts with the foundation of the building. You know, this was an unusually demanding room. The campus at one point, you know, was, was kind of a big ravine. And so to get a really nice stable foundation, you know, to make it so that this was really an acoustically solid building, we had to send the foundations in some case down to like 70 feet below the kind of campus walkways. Um, and we did that because we wanted this building to kind of be a freestanding building. It couldn't be attached to any, anything else that might put any kind of vibration into it. Daly said that the goal was to create a freestanding recording studio within that same structure. So it's what acousticians call a building in a building. And the floor here is kind of poured and then lifted from the, construction, from the structure below it and the walls are separated from the walls of the exterior building with rubber mounts. And so it's really, there's no way for vibration or sound forces from outside the building to kind of get transferred into this building. Even the building's air conditioning had to be carefully designed to minimize sound. 
we ended up with a kind of space between the interior surface that we see here and the exterior of the building. And we used that space to kind of bring air conditioning down into the building at a very low, slow rate. It falls by gravity. And so there's no, no audible air movement anywhere in the building. Daly said that every aspect of the design is oriented towards creating a good acoustical space for recording, one big enough for a full ensemble to record a music score, yet intimate enough for a single musician to perform comfortably. He said one of the acousticians they consulted to achieve this effect had designed several recording studios around LA. You know, his opinion was that musicians develop kind of a spatial acoustical awareness, and that becomes a big part of how they hear their own music. And so he wanted a room that was very asymmetrical and that also had different, even if it, had, even if it was a big space, had different kind of spatial qualities. So really the, the kind of surfaces of the room had to become a little bit like an instrument. The structure of the room had to be part of the kind of production of the music. Sound engineer Luis Hinao explained this idea of acoustical spatial awareness. He serves on the music school's recording committee to oversee the engineering process and management of the studio. He described how the shape of a room affects the resonance of sound. When a sound starts or is originated, the sounds bounce against the boundaries or the barriers of the, of the, the room. And all these bounces make that we call resonance. So we have, I think you were recording here, we have a resonance of a kind of a square, a small office. So we have four kind of naked walls that all the sounds are bouncing, bouncing you know, around. So how you design the walls, what kind of walls do you have, what is the material of the walls, the ceiling, the floor, is kind of shaping the resonance. To demonstrate this concept, Hanau introduced me to an alumnus and master's student from the School of Music who were working on a demo in the recording studio. I'm Mark Gutierrez. I graduated in 2016, just last year. I'm Nick Carlozzi. I'm a current master's student in music composition. Gutierrez on bass and Carlozzi on piano form the jazz duo Jungle Rhythm. Gutierrez played in different parts of the room to show how the resonance of his voice and bass shifted in relation to the walls. Here's what the song sounds like towards the back corner of the space, which Daly said is more reflective. Now Gutierrez plays the same piece facing the wall on the left-hand side, with its panels of absorptive material. You may hear a slight change in volume, because the wall is absorbing rather than reflecting the vibrations of the bass. It's a subtle difference, since, as a whole, the studio standardizes resonance to only a few seconds. But Daly said the materials and design of the walls play an important role in ensuring this happens. You can see that we use this kind of like jigsaw-like wood paneling here in this room. And the way, and you can see that's also installed in two different layers. And what we did was configure a geometric pattern where we could open it up a little bit, like you see up here, it's, you, you kind of see more black area than you do over in this part of the wall right here. That means that that part of the wall is more absorptive, 
this part over here is more reflective. And so we were able to kind of customize the wall surfaces according to the way the acousticians felt like the music was, the sound was going to get distributed in the room. Daly said that each surface of the room has a function in capturing the music performed. The jagged reflective surface of the ceiling complements the absorptive quality of the walls. The wall surfaces you see with these little fins really were ways of breaking up music that's kind of raking along the walls. The ceiling was developed in that way really to kind of work more at the middle range of sound. You know, so not the very deepest bass and not the brightest part of the kind of high end, but really just to make sure that the mid-level got distributed evenly throughout the room. Here Gutierrez plays in the center of the room, where the ceiling of the recording studio reflects the song. He said he preferred the way his voice sounded in this spot most of all. The ensemble room differs in its ceiling design. There, the ceiling is broken up into fragments to reveal more absorptive material. Daly said that this alteration allows students to play more loudly. It's a suitable environment for, say, a taiko drumming group. So what we did there was kind of put a ring around the building of, the, of, of a reflector, and that reflector was really intended to make sure if you're in the middle of the room, the sound you were making could get bounced directly back down to you. And then from inside of that, what we did was kind of vary the shape of the ceiling and then put a lot of acoustical absorptive material on the structure itself. So once sound kind of got up past that ceiling level, it just kind of got absorbed and helped kind of help the sound kind of decay and, and, and quiet down. The room's windows are another feature that sets this center apart from the rest of the music school. Daly said he wanted to move away from windowless practice rooms and showcase the talent of the students to the rest of the campus. You know, the art school has galleries and things like that. With respect to music, you just don't see the kind of everyday dedication that people have. And we really wanted the kind of the practice of music and the kind of routine part of learning things to be a little bit more of a part of the campus. So what we did was, you know, introduce these kind of big glass bubbles in between the interior surface of the recording studio and the exterior of the building. And we did that in a way where you can see none of the glass is parallel to another piece of glass, so that when a garbage truck is on the outside and the noise from that garbage truck is trying to wiggle that window, that sound kind of gets broken up in this airlock. The Evelyn and Moe Austin Music Center provides a space where technology, science, and art join in harmony, proving that architecture and sound can play nice together after all. For Daily Bruin Radio, this is Savannah Tate. Join us next month for another episode of Hidden Wonders.